Hi, my name is Josh Hannaberry, and welcome to the Truck Focus Podcast. At the Truck Focus Podcast, our mission is simple. I want to connect transportation industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. Over the last decade, I've been fortunate to connect with several transportation industry leaders that have had a positive impact on my life, and I look forward to connecting them with you. Friends in the industry, first off, I hope you're having a great day. I'm excited to introduce to our sponsors, Compliance Box. Compliance Box, transport compliance made easy. Compliance Box is an expertly designed, easy to use mobile app that offers electronic inspections that are automatically risk rated to keep your fleet safe and your employees focused. So for some time now, I've been impressed with Compliance Box as they've improved the way commercial carriers and professional drivers can manage their transportation requirements. So Compliance Box was created by the team at KCAN Safety Consulting. They've been in the transportation compliance business for over 20 years and are certified by Alberta Transportation to conduct assessment of regulatory compliance NSC audits, as well as new carrier compliance reviews. After years of completing compliance audits on commercial carriers, they've seen an area or they've seen areas where carriers commonly struggle. So Compliance Box was built to address those areas easily and effectively. As transportation compliance experts, they were able to build Compliance Box in such a way that helps companies achieve a better score on their compliance audit while keeping their user experience front of mind. So with the constant improvements in the works, we're excited to see the continued impact Compliance Box will have on carriers' operations, on the lives of professional drivers, and ultimately for public safety. So let me ask you this. As a commercial carrier or a professional driver that operates a commercial vehicle that does require pre-trip inspection to be completed properly before they're driven, and the requirement to maintain those trip inspection reports documentations for a specific period of time, would you not feel more confident knowing you're using Compliance Box, an expertly designed, easy-to-use mobile app that offers electronic inspections that are automatically risk-rated to keep your fleet safe and your employees focused? I sure do. And I'm very excited about the impact Compliance Box is having in our industry, and I highly recommend utilizing them, implementing them into your own fleets today. And best of all, their values really do align with ours, and they're dedicated to support our local economy. So Compliance Box is and always will be designed, developed, and hosted in Canada, which I think is super incredible. So I encourage you to start a free trial, that's right, free trial on this excellent product today. So you can complete your free trial simply by visiting compliancebox.ca. And while on the website, check out the top right corner. Click on the icon that says start your free trial. Simply include the required information, hit the submit button, and a company representative will be in contact with you right away. So again, Compliance Box, transport compliance made easy. I highly recommend that you check them out. Simply visit www.compliancebox.ca. So as the saying goes, it takes a village to operate within the boundaries of compliance. So I believe the statement to be true as it takes effort and focus from all parties of a carrier to truly operate in compliance. So a question I commonly hear from different safety professionals I interact with is, how do I impact people I lead to follow the procedures in place? So in today's interview, I'm excited because we talk about something that I believe in, passion. So as a safety leader, you need to be passionate about what you're leading. And you know what? Passion's addictive. 
So when you lead with passion and explain how these procedures impact all positions within your organization, I can assure you people will buy in from senior leaders to professional drivers to operational staff. Second, you need to explore opportunities around you to sharpen the tools in your shed. So this could be taking more training, attending webinars, conferences, all that good stuff. But finally, and honestly, probably the most important, you have to value people. So you need to see value in the people that we lead and the people that we interact interact with so that way we can all operate safely. So you need to lead with value. You need to let them know they matter and the actions they take each day, they also matter. So in today's episode, I'm really excited to have a conversation with my friend, Christine Van Essen. She's a compliance manager for one of North America's safest organizations. So Christine shares her passion for the industry. She shares her passions to seek out opportunities, but best of all, how she really values people. So values people on her team, how she values people that she leads. And through all of this combined has help create a really safe and compliant work culture. So I think just overall, this conversation is just, it's really good. And it's also really empowering for those that maybe you're starting out or maybe you're a seasoned safety professional and you're wondering, how do I get people to buy in? Well, I honestly think Christine has the answer. So let's get to it. Hey, Christine, thanks so much for hopping onto the Track Focus podcast today. Super excited just for the value that you bring. I know we had a conversation prior that I was like, man, yeah, you get this. You're rocking this space. So super excited just to yeah, have you on the podcast. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm honored to be on and to be a part of this. I appreciate it very much. That's, uh, that means a lot. So why don't you kind of start us off and highlight who's Christine and share a little bit about your backstory. How'd you get into the transportation industry? Sure. Um, well, I think who is Christine? I think that's a bit of a tough question. I think so often we like to fall back on, on you know, what we do or the skills we bring to, to a position. But um, I do think that's because I take pride in what I do. Um, I think I would describe myself and and close friends and family would agree that um, you know I'm I'm thoughtful and dedicated and um, very disciplined, um, pretty stubborn, and probably caring to a fault. So um, I'm definitely not one to stay stagnant, and I'm always striving to be kind of continuously grow through learning and and pushing myself to be the best I can and. Um, I enjoy being at the gym. I, I enjoy my job. Um, I enjoy baking and I always striving to bake the best cake um, and just uh, really enjoy my relationships with my friends and family. So um, in terms of kind of my backstory on on um, entering into uh, lead core, let's say, or the construction industry, um, so I'm probably a little unique in the fact that I didn't actually have any family involved with the transportation or construction industry. Um, you know, I had just finished high school and I was attending college and um, I had actually been working at Canadian Tire for throughout my high school and kind of just looking for something new and opened up a newspaper and I'm probably aging myself here, but um, I did find a job posting for Ledcor Highways as a temporary summer kind of reception, accounts payable, um, that kind of temporary position. And I mean, little did I know at the time I was entering a company with so many divisions and opportunities. Um, I also had no idea what Ledcor Highways was about. 
um, what they actually did. So I just kind of took a chance on that. Um, anyways, I guess highways liked me enough to keep me on throughout um, my post-secondary. So I ended up finishing uh, my post-secondary in social work and I um, graduated in 2009. And for those that remember, we were kind of at the height of our recession. Um, so trying to find work within my field or within the social work field was almost impossible. Um, I had a lot of uh, responsibilities like a mortgage payment and car payment. And so kind of starting from the bottom in a social work position wasn't necessarily going to pay my bills. And the reality was I was working for a great company and they did have so many opportunities and I definitely enjoyed working for them and um, continued to do that full time after social work. Powerful. Powerful. Yeah. I think what you mentioned too about people instantly can identify with their job when you ask the question, who are you? But I like the human element and I like the things that as a person, what you stand for, because I think, yeah, far too often, that's what the crutch is. Well, I'm this. It's like, that's not the question. I want to know who are you? And everyone that's listening wants to know, well, who are you? And like identify as a husband and a father first and anything that comes after that, it's the third, my family. So I like the fact that, yeah, you really value who you are and you can identify that really clearly because yeah, I think that's a, a gap in a lot of people's brains. Maybe they don't think about it, but it was it's nice to have you on and yeah, I really appreciate your journey. And it's, as we kind of get more into the interview, when you mentioned social work, I find, so you're not the first and you probably won't be the last, but I find people that value people and you're willing to do what a social worker is does, well, trained and designed to do when you enter into a space of health and safety and compliance and overseeing people in sensitive situations, the skill sets are really applicable. So I'm excited to talk about that too, because again, I think it's too bad in a sense, you're finishing school, you have bills to pay, obviously, and being in a recession, it's tough. But at the same time, it's fascinating. Now, as you're rocking at your career, you're able to say, well, I learned a lot of these valuable foundational skill sets in school, because this was where my heart was. So anyway, I think that's just really cool how I can piece that together really quickly. And I, I think I told you on our first call, but prior to becoming in, I guess, entering the health and safety profession, I was actually looking at UFC, like to become a social worker as well. Okay. He's one of my best friends. He's an OT. And I'm like, I can't become an OT, like way too much school, but I was uh, getting coached in that direction. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's really cool. And then I'm grateful now that that's not where I went because I'm really happy in the direction I'm going. But yeah, anyway, I think that's really powerful. Your, just your journey so far. That's really cool. Thank you. Yeah. And I a hundred percent agree with you, my skills and, um, the fact that I do care about people that a hundred percent translates into my position here. Yeah, no, I, I see that for sure. So at what point then did you enter, if I can call it the bubble of compliance, I know you've done a lot of various things. Um, so we can dive into that through the conversation, but what triggered that? Was it just, Hey, there's a posting here, or was it something that stuck out? You're like, Hey, I think I could be really good in this space. How did that kind of come to be? So I had worked with a colleague who was going on maternity leave and she was actually one of the founders of the NSC program for LEDCOR. Um, I think at that point I had wore many hats within LEDCOR, um, kind of trying to jump on any opportunities and that happened to be an opportunity where, where we needed some help. So 
Um, I'll be honest, it was a bit of a whirlwind for me. I think I received a couple days worth of training. Um, unfortunately, due to complications, my trainee had to depart LEDCOR early. So um, I guess I just started by reading our LEDCOR NSC compliance manual. And um, and then after that, that kind of led me to the regulations within um, Alberta and BC where, where our highways drivers were operating. And, you know, having zero knowledge of these rules and regulations, you know, that they even existed at that point. Um, I think I quickly realized that the position came with a lot of responsibility. And, you know, at the end of the day, the position is to help ensure our drivers get home safely and, you know, to keep the company in compliance. So, you know, after reading everything I could, um, I just took all of that theoretical knowledge and I knew I needed to get out in the field and just try to apply it. So, you know, um, talking with drivers who had 25 plus years of experience um, and drivers with no experience and just trying to soak it all in. Um, and then I guess after that, just getting more comfortable in my role. Um, I could now begin teaching, which is something I really enjoy, um, being able to support our drivers, you know, by giving them the knowledge and the tools to be in compliance and then collaborating on how to apply everything. I think that's something I won't ever get tired of. Um, just continuing in my history, uh, in, in 2013, um, our highways division lost a number of their highways contracts. Um, just due to the bidding, rebidding process that we go through every five to 10 years. So um, I figured my employment was in jeopardy and I started to apply to more transportation safety positions outside of LEDCOR, which then led me to a job with the Alberta government as a compliance clerk for carrier services. Um, so I now worked on the other side, <laughs> really got to see what happens when carriers become a risk to the public. And in terms of knowledge and understanding, I think everything just sort of fell into place for me then. You know, as industry, we always talk about government oversight and, you know, this potential for, you know, this or that to happen if we don't comply. But it became real for me working for carrier services. You know, it's no longer this veiled threat. Um, I was now a part of the department that, unfortunately, you know, we have to shut carriers down. Um, so I worked there for a year and learned so much in that time. Um, it was invaluable to me, to be honest. And um, I, I, I was then persuaded to return to LEDCOR when our highways division um, won a number of Northern Alberta contracts and, and they did uh, ask for me back. So I think it's really tough to say no to a company that is so versatile and has so many opportunities. Um, so then at that point, I continued to work with highways for a number of years until I would say about three years ago when I was asked to be a part of the LEDCOR equipment group. Um, and they are a corporate shared service that supports all of the, the lead core divisions. So now I've expanded my role from the highways division, you know, having a, a level of knowledge on Alberta and BC regulations to supporting 13 carriers within lead core across North America. 
that is uh <laughs> that's a lot <laughs> i couldn't uh i have a strong in all humility i'd say a strong understanding of legislation in western canada but doing north america is very different so good for you and i think what you said when you're talking about working from LEDCOR to going to carrier services. And a lot of the times I love carriers, I love professional drivers, like I'm really pro industry, but I feel they're very fast when something kind of goes wrong to pull a victim cart instead of trying to see it on both sides. And the fact that you now have the experience to see and be able to just confidently say, actually, this does happen. And actually, I could give you nine examples if I was allowed, but I'm not going to, but it, it does take That's place. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, confidentiality is important. I just think that that mindset and how you said it all fell into place is really crucial because a lot of times, again, if it's a carrier has zero understanding, they're just reading words on a paper, or if it's someone like you and I trying to dissect, okay, what does this actually mean? How do I apply it? How do I better my business with this piece of legislation? Knowing the backside of it, when you're obviously, if I'm looking at this way, you know what it looks like on the other side, I think is such an important skill set. And it's nice to see LedCore valued you to the point where they're like, hey, come back, hey, come back. Like, I think that's really, it speaks volumes to your character as well, because that I know that just being in the industry for a while, that doesn't happen every day. Sometimes it's, oh, you left. Okay, good. <laughs> it's not, no, no, we need you back. So that's nice to see too. <laughs> yeah. And, and in being in compliance to be asked to be back, I think, yeah, it's not necessarily a, it's a bit of a thankless job, I think, but uh, for them to see the importance of it, um, I think is, is huge for me. And the reason why I've been with LedCorp for so long. Yeah, I think, again, it comes to the people factor, too, where if you can sit with a driver of 25 years or a brand new driver, hear what they have to say, regurgitate it and educate. I think that is a very unique skill set. And I have like a, I always call them there in my back pocket, theoretically, not realistically, like one of my really good mentors, his name's Andy. And shout out to Andy, super good guy. And yeah, he's my, hey, what do you think about this go to? Because he's just He's been driving longer than I've been alive, basically, and he's not afraid to share his opinion. And chances are he's done something to Cowboy that got him in trouble yeah. and he's done something right. Where you're like, yep. OK, we can't do that, but I see where you're going. Thanks. But it's <laughs> nice. That, again, you can. And that's a humility thing. And I think that's also a, I always say lead with empathy and you can raise the position. You can raise their confidence and say, you're the expert right now. Teach me. So that way, again, you can digest Obviously, you're doing what you got to do, and then you can re-educate. I think that's a really powerful tool set. So good job. Thank you. That's very cool. So like a lot of compliance experts, I'll use the term experts, but a lot, a lot of <laughs> compliance professionals, it's self-taught to start. And that's obviously your backstory. Um, has there been any formal training since then? Uh, and again, I like the fact that you're not afraid to pick something up, steady it. And then I use the term operate within the boundaries of compliance. So, you know, the rules of the game, now we're going to operate within that. So I love that you were able to do that because some people just become too intimidated by the amount of words, which I respect. What, um, I guess, what's helped you propel to be successful for North America too? Has there been training in that space as well then? Yeah, you bet. I think one of the things that LedCore has always afforded me was the opportunity for learning. So, you know, after, like you said, several years working it with um, transportation safety, I I actually found the transportation safety director program with Red Deer College. Uh, I don't think it exists anymore. Um, uh, but at that point, you know, the program just confirmed what I had already knew, which 
more than anything helped build my confidence, right? Um, and then when I did accept the role with Core Equipment Group, um, I spent a week down in Houston learning all about DOT, um, which is, a, like you said, a whole different ball game. Um, and, you know, doing some training sessions in Ontario too. Um, but like you said, I mean, the most integral part of this role, and I think any compliance role is there's just research and research and research some more. And also leaning on your other industry folks, right? Um, whether that be, you know, the drivers, government agencies, enforcement officers, um, your provincial industry representatives like AMTA, um, or the folks, you know, you're meeting like you and I on, on uh, uh, from other companies. So, you know, and the thing is, I'm always learning and I know enough to know that I don't know it all. Um, I definitely jump on every opportunity to participate in webinars and um, as well as like other industry uh, committees and conferences and definitely need to stay up to date on, on rules and regulations and continue to build those relationships within the industry. Yeah, I agree. And thanks. Shout out to Chris with Compliance Box KCAN for the introduction. It uh, It's nice. So this is a, a fanboy moment of Chris, but <laughs> I just really respect him because he's in all humility for me to him. He's one of the smartest cats I know, but he's not someone in my opinion that will throw it in your face. Yeah. He will listen to what you have to say. He's very direct. He's very accurate. But I really like the fact that he can give you such confidence in the answer that you can then go and say, this is the answer because right. he didn't stutter. And I think talking, you mentioned connecting with industry and that's literally what this podcast is about is introducing industry leaders to industry. So people feel empowered to say, this is the truth. This is the answer. Yes, there's opportunity here. And yeah, Chris does hats off an incredible job with that and that's why i'm such an advocate for his companies too because i know that's the just the foundation of what they're built on is precise accurate let's make this easy so that way you and i can just be like, yeah we're rocking it so I, I just yeah shout out to chris a little bit of a fanboy but that's cool <laughs> but yeah I, uh... well, I, I've, I've had the opportunity to work with him right being part uh, of one okay. so and i think um i think too like within industry I think we're all teammates, whether we actually work for the same company or not. We're all teammates. We're all for the greater good of the industry. And I think, you know, whether we've we've met everybody within the industry or not, I think we're we're just all there to improve. So completely agree. Well, you said it at the beginning, the ultimate goal is to make sure our drivers get home safely. And I always say if you protect yourself, you protect the equipment, you're protecting the public. So Ultimately, let's make sure we do everything in our power to educate and to empower. So that way, someone's not afraid to say, no, I can't do that. I'll break this law. Or, no, this isn't tied down properly because this thing broke. You need to get me a new one. I think just, yeah, giving that confidence is super crucial. So good for you. What would you say has been your biggest win in industry so far then in your current and maybe your current role, but throughout your career this far? Yeah. Oh, man. Um when I first started in my role, I think there was maybe three of us within the company that touched NSC or DOT requirements. And for me, I think there was just a lot of a lack of awareness across the organization. Um, so when I started in my role with, with LeadCore Equipment Group, I knew one of my first tasks was to pull all of our carriers' profiles. 
Um, and then I made my second task to start doing some internal audits. Um, and this kind of gave me a really good <clears throat> picture on what carriers I needed to focus on first. Um, and the next step was just like training and awareness sessions for absolutely everyone within the organization, whether you're a driver, you're a leader, uh, all of it just there needed to be that awareness. So if you don't know what the expectations and requirements are, you know, how are you expected to implement them? So we had one carrier in particular that had a high road, a high on road violation rate and um, they were close to a government audit. Um, there was kind of zero oversight into their, their CVOR. And so after kind of involving senior leadership, we put together what we call a safety stand down. Um, and that was a presentation that basically highlighted their CVOR events, as well as, you know, the findings from our internal audits. And then we went around to all of their shops and started asking, you know, what can we do to fix this? Um, we came out of that trip with a 40 item action plan um, and basically everyone went to work right after that. It was just, it took some close monitoring, but it also took leadership to keep pushing the message. Um, I can now happily say this carrier cut their violation rate in half as well as avoided a government audit. And, you know, by following similar steps with all of our carriers, you know, three years into my position with, with LEDCOR Equipment Group, and granted, LEDCOR has grown significantly in that time, we now have 12 people whose sole purpose is to ensure our company remains in compliance. And, um, you know, not going to lie and say that we're perfect, but uh, we do have a lot to do. And the thing is, we're always just trying to improve. Incredible. Hey, it's an incredible win too, because buying from leadership's not always the easiest, especially if someone's so sole focus is numbers. What's it going to cost? What's yeah. that going to cost? And the fact that, yeah, you're able to, as a collective community, do a safety stand down, which I love, and walk away with tangible items that will make a difference. You fix them, you implement them, and it made the difference. I think that really speaks volumes just on the character of the company and the character of the leadership, people like yourself as leaders, as well as those that bought into, okay, this is why we need to fix this. This is why I can't drive like that. I think overall, that's a huge success story. And yeah, if I was on the mountaintop, this is me just for those watching dancing. But I think that's like, there's not enough celebration of that in industry because I don't know if enough people realize how much work goes into even just preparing a safety stand down, but really good job. That's really, really awesome. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, the key, like I said, is, is that leadership buy-in. I mean, when you've had a, a company operating for a number of years and, and not having insight or oversight into, you know, their profiles. So they don't even know that they're potentially, you know, on monitoring or reaching that threshold. Um, you know, they at that point haven't seen any evidence of, you know, uh, any consequences. And so when you come in and you're like, well, you, you're getting there, you, you know, you're, you're at that tip. And, and if you, you have one more event, or if you, you do this, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna cost you a lot. Um, you know, it's, it's sharing that and having that awareness and then for leadership to actually, like you said, buy in. Um, it's super important for, for that. Otherwise you, you're not going to get too far. 
Yeah, I agree. And I think from a cost perspective too, it's interesting when if a driver gets a speeding ticket in a commercial vehicle, or if they have a insecure load because the strap wasn't quite tight enough, that won't hit their bottom line. So to them, it's just, okay, it's a tally. But the moment that it, oh, never mind, we're getting audited now. What are you doing for your pre-audits? And what are you doing for documentation verification? Blah, 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 blah. As you know, all of a sudden you're like, where are all these costs come from? Why do I need all these people? Like, why have I never, like, that's when it's the, I'll use the, I'll use the word first, the holy shit moment. When, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've been there myself where I'm like, yeah, yeah, you can't. So as a federal carrier, as I believe lots of years would identify as, you could have an F-350 pulling a little trailer and you can't speed. I'm sorry. Like, yeah, yeah. use a driver. Well, you're not buying your kid's Christmas presents because you got two in a month. But on the flip side, yeah, then it really hurts the carrier profile and the domino effects. <laughs> but yeah, there yeah. you go. I, I laid the stage so you can use it now too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so what would you say then on the flip side of that would be the hardest part to, is it driver buy-in? Is it, I don't think from a leadership standpoint, I, I, that that's encouraging, but what's the toughest part to get people to buy into the compliance programs in your, in your opinion? Yeah. Um, for the buy-in, I honestly, I think once you have that senior leadership buy-in, which can sometimes take a little bit, um, I think it's, it's, it's pretty downhill from there. You know, we, we, uh, it's joining those action plan calls. It's it's following through with those action items. Um, so we don't tend to see too too many issues after we have the senior leadership buy-in. Um, I think what we are struggling to manage right now. Um, it kind of goes hand in hand with your your next question around innovative technologies. But I think the biggest issue we're struggling with is trying to just get away from paper. Um, you know, like qualification packages, road tests, logs, trip inspections. And like, we're, we want to move to fully electronic, you know, within the next year or two. And I think, you know, everybody's used to paper. Um, so there's almost this awkward transition where, you know, I do deal with carriers that are fully electronic right now and some that are holding off and, um, also, just finding those electronic solutions for it all has been a challenge. You know, we want forms that are simple and efficient and intelligent, um, but finding that has been has been a bit of a task for for us. I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, and that's a perfect segue into the conversation of tech. I'm a fanatic when it comes to automation. I will be the first to raise my hand, and I think it was Bill Gates said that hire lazy people. He said something like this, where he's like, hire lazy people to find the easiest way to do it. And I don't identify as a lazy person, but I do identify with the, there has to be a faster way to do this. And that is integrating tech and allowing automation and allowing workflows and work systems to communicate behind the scenes for multiple, there's billions of reasons why it's in the favor of the carrier, the driver, and obviously the overarching ship. But yeah, finding the right tech solutions, finding the they have a really good sales pitch, but is there any follow through? And do they even have supplies right now with the shortage is also a, a different challenge. And then what is there? I find a big thing too, is the support after. So, Hey, I have a problem or I have a question. Who do I call? I don't know. I'm only your pre-sales entry point. I'm like, yeah. well, that doesn't help me now. <laughs> or it takes so, a week or two, right? Yes. And you're like, yes. you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's a, 
real challenge for sure. That is a, I think that's going to be, it's nice that you said a year or two, um, because again, this, the company of your size, there's a lot of moving parts and there's a lot of change management to go that goes into that. But it's nice that that's on the vision board because I've spoken to other professionals and they just like us can agree on a lot of stuff, but above them in the corporate leadership is very much like, yeah, I'm kind of fine. And it's like, like <laughs> yeah. pre-trip inspection, for example, the cost of a pre-trip book. So we have a thousand drivers on an average are eight bucks and you're using one a month, 8,000 bucks a month in pre-trip books. What can you buy where you just plug it in? And then all of a sudden everything's doing stuff for you. Like it's from a cost perspective, it's really easy to defend, yeah. but yeah, there's a lot of intricacies there too, which I'm glad you're navigating because mm-hmm. it's just, well, yeah, I always say welcome to the future. So it's nice that we're in that space together. <laughs> I think that's for cool. Sure. For yeah, sure. no, that's really cool. What, um, kind of talking on the tech side, do you find those that are already fully integrated with tech, do they miss paper or are they grateful? Hey, everything's automated in tech and we love it. Or how are they kind of expressing that? Yeah. Well, the, the beginning's a challenge, right? I think, I think, uh, the initial implementation, um, there's just, when you have drivers that aren't used to it or have never, let's, let's talk about ELD right now, right? Like if you have drivers that have never used an ELD before it's new, they're used to paper. Um, there's a lot of training that's involved, um, and just trying to keep plug plugging away at it. Um, the carriers that are fully electronic now, um, they will never go back to paper. Like that's, that's a constant feedback that I hear. I will say, um, you know, we have, you know, I've seen quite a few different ELDs because, you know, as a company, we are large, um, we have all of these different companies, and so they are choosing their own ELDs. So I've seen a number of ELDs. I've seen, I want to say the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, But that being said, those that have it, I, I have heard, you know, it's always been positive feedback. Maybe it's Maybe their specific ELD provider isn't um, always great, but that it's better than paper. I always hear that. So, um, and I think you know that being said, I think ELDs are great and and definitely helps our uh, move our industry forward. Um, so, and as an auditor for our company, I'll tell you the fully electronic side of it uh, has only improved our compliance. Like. And it's, and it's so much easier to audit. Right. So yeah, that's, that's helped a lot. Totally agree. Yeah. And, and again, I appreciate the the honesty because the, the intent's ever to trick you, obviously when I'm asking a question, but I, I like hearing other people's, this is what I'm living in. This is what I'm doing in because I, I find a lot of our listeners that are in that space are <laughs> politely banging their heads against the wall on the change management side on how do you pick the right solution side? How do I know if this is legit? Obviously we're in a soft enforcement for our ELD mandate that Mm -hmm. happened this last June, but June, 2022 is right around the corner. And depending on the province that you reside in, like I know Ontario there, it doesn't matter if you're federal or provincial, you're going to have to comply with the true ELD. That's yeah. Follows through the technical standard. It's credited, all that good stuff. But yeah, I, I appreciate the honest answer because if you're to say, oh, it's easy, everyone's doing it. I'd be like, I'm not going to challenge you, but I'm not going <laughs> to agree with you. So I appreciate that because yeah, again, for those listening that are like, I have a company of three, what am I supposed to do? And you're like, 
have a company of 15,000 or whatever the number is, and we're fighting the same questions. I just, I really respect that. And it really just, yeah, it's part of my heart's cry is to show this, the honesty in the industry. So thanks for the, the honest opinions and the honest answers. It's awesome. Thank you. So I, um, one of my favorite topics is, and I, I don't know why it's been there for a long time is legacy. Um, so I'm a big believer of the mindset. We have the opportunity to build a legacy every day, partially to do with living as people of character, um, living with empathy, leading with empathy, just telling the truth, all that good stuff. Some people think legacy is like, okay, when I die, this is what I'll be remembered for. And that's not what I'm asking <laughs> more. So to your day to day, like when you, well, speaking from our interactions, you give off really good vibes. I can tell you care, you value people. And I think those are really good characteristics, especially in a leadership role in compliance, because I think that's how you actually create change is showing the other person, hey, I care about you. This is why this matters. So do you do you think about legacy? Do you think about the impact that you're having on the day-to-day with your team and with the people that you oversee as well as an industry? Do you think about that at all? Oh my goodness. I think you took the answer right out of my mouth. (laughs) You know, like, you know, as my manager says, it's my give a shit factor, right? (laughs) So, you know, I, I spoke earlier about what makes me, me. And the fact is I do care. And, um, I probably care so much. It's probably to my own detriment. Um, I live and breathe this. And sometimes I have sleepless nights over it. I'm not going to lie there. Um, that being said, I wouldn't change it. You know, uh, I truly care about my company, the role I have, the responsibility I have, and the people I work with. And I just always want people to feel heard and understood, like you said, leading with empathy. And that just everyone feels like I have their back. Um, I'm a support role. I'm not the one getting behind the, the wheel of the vehicle. Um, so I'm here to support you and I want to hear you out. And I think that drives me to ensure we set the standard for LEDCORP and also, you know, strive to improve the industry as a whole. Powerful. Powerful. Yeah. I really resonate with that too. I get like, I'm dizzy right now. Cause I just, I get really into it and yeah, that was passion. So I like getting to a point where you've hit it a few times. I get super excited, but it's so true where it's like, you got to own it. And I can really, you can ask my wife, she's next door, Josh, go to sleep. I know, but it's three in the morning. And just because you just, you get kind of that buzz, it's an adrenaline rush. And it's uh, like, I don't like when I forget to do something that keeps me up too, but it's nice to, again, it's nice to hear it. And you definitely live in that space. So it's, yeah, I really honor that and I compliment it for sure. And I just think it's phenomenal. So really well done. Kind of as we shift to a close, um, one of my questions that I like to ask people that I, care about your opinion, what would you encourage or what would you say to encourage others that are maybe in a similar role as yourself, maybe for a smaller company, large company, maybe that doesn't matter, but you're in a, they're in a position of, I'm really trying to make a difference. I'm really trying to get leadership to buy in. I really want to impact the people that I oversee. What kind of encouragement could you give to them just so they keep, keep trying, they don't quit. Right. Uh, That's a great question. Um, And I've been there. So (laughs) I think you really need to understand where your deficiencies are, Um, you know, so whether you can do, you know, a mock audit, if that's internally or by third party, that's going to be super instrumental in your understanding. 
Um, and then you want to share those results with everyone, right? Like you want everybody's involvement and buy-in just because, you know, my title is compliance manager doesn't mean I am the sole person responsible for compliance. It, it takes, it takes a village, right? Um, and so then after that, it's, it's, you know, getting into that action plan, it's getting, taking those deficiencies and collaborating with your drivers and supervisors and mechanics and leadership and creating those items that will hopefully correct those violations going forward. Um, I think what I always say to our, to my carriers, you know, compliance does not happen overnight. So continue to plug away at these items, keep following up. And, you know, again, the key is getting that leadership to continue to push that message. Um, and, you know, I just think that you can't give up. You, you have to have some patience. You have to have some problem solving skills. You know, some operations have, you know, some of our carriers have different operations, whether it's oil field or telecommunications and understanding what they do being at the field and understanding and, and seeing what they go through and the different challenges and then working together um, to come up with those solutions. And just like I said, just don't give up. You, you know, keep caring and don't give up. You're going to have those sleepless nights, but just don't give up. Very, very good. Yeah, I agree. I'll echo that message. Don't give up. And it's, yeah, again, when you lead with empathy, you can say that with empathy because yeah, we don't live in a perfect world, but it's the constant, it's the grind. It's the, you will make a difference. But as you said, it takes time. And I really appreciate that guidance for sure. Yeah. So if someone had a question and it could be directed through me and I contact you, or you can give your contact details out and I'll include it in the show notes. Are you okay if people reach out, if they have questions, concerns, Hey, how did you navigate this? Or have you ever navigated that? Are you comfortable with, with us doing that? A hundred percent. Like I said, I think we all in, in in this industry are teammates. So any help I can be of, or, you know, any uh, industry relationships I can build, I'm, I'm definitely for that. So, and I'm fairly active on LinkedIn. So you can find me by searching my name and I think Josh will put that up. Uh, but yeah, I'm always happy to help. Awesome. No, I appreciate that. And again, it furthers my mission. I always say the greater the following, the greater the impact, and that's intertwining relationships and, oh, you're an area of expertise here. Perfect. I really needed that today. So I appreciate that you're willing to do that. Thank you so much. So yeah, as we do come to a close, um, were there any final thoughts that you were comfortable sharing today? No, I think this has been awesome. I think um, your podcast as a whole and connecting industry together, I think like you know, we all want to create a good reputation for the transportation industry and, and continue to improve. And, you know, this is how we do it is reach out and, and, and uh, share from, from all industry folks. So I really appreciate you doing this for on behalf of the industry. Awesome. I appreciate that. Yeah. It's my, I always use term, maybe I'm holistic and poetic, but I use terms like hearts cry and I've, Sometimes I whine, my wife will say, and I'll be, well, we have a family in Tilly, not too far from here, and I'll be on a drive, and I'll be like, just really want our industry to get 
better. Like I want people to see value in what they do. Like, so that's a lot of the behind the scenes of why we started the podcast is, okay, I'll start, <laughs> I'll start voicing that. Hey, there's some phenomenal people in here and just like yourself. And I'm really happy that, yeah, you're able to partake and you really, I could tell you invested time pre-interview too, because your answers were rock solid. And I felt this was a great conversation, but <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. It was, was just awesome. Prepared, you know, <laughs> yeah, I'm the same. So, but yeah, today was awesome. And I'll make sure to include, yeah, your LinkedIn in the, in the show notes and as well call to action. If people ever, ever want to reach out with Christine, please reach out to myself, please reach out with her directly because yeah, I really respect the changes that she's helped implement just the culture improvements overall. It's, it's a huge win for our industry and for Ledcor as a company. So yeah, thank you so much for coming today. This was phenomenal. Thank you. Thank you so much, Josh. Perfect. Okay. We'll have a wonderful day and I'll talk to you yeah. soon. You bet. Bye. Yeah, bye. Christine, honestly, thank you so much for joining today. I really appreciate the value that you brought um, just to this conversation, but also to our industry. It's awesome. I say the three biggest takeaways that I learned from our interview today that I think all of our listeners learned is you got to be passionate about your profession. You need to pursue the different opportunities to get better at what we're doing. But most of all, we really need to value those people around us. So value ourselves, value the different people that you work with and that you serve. So if you're interested in connecting with Christine, which I highly recommend that you do, um, definitely check her out on LinkedIn. I've included her LinkedIn profile below just in the show notes. So that way, yeah, if you have questions, if you want to bounce ideas off of her, all that good stuff, definitely do that. Again, her uh, LinkedIn profile link is in the show notes below. So again, Christine, thank you so much for hopping on today. Great conversation. And I really value just the energy and the passion that you bring to our industry as well as how much focus you have on just helping your fleets and overall our industry just operate within the boundaries of compliance. So thank you so much. So to all of our dedicated listeners, I just wanted to give you a quick shout out to say thank you again for taking the time to listen. Or if this is the first time you've ever checked out a Chart Focus podcast, definitely think you picked a great first episode and just, yeah, taking the time and the investment means a lot. If you're listening to this on a podcast platform, I ask that you subscribe, you like, you share. There's a lot of value in just these interviews because we're connecting different industry professionals, just like Christine, to the industry to help create a pivotal change. That's what we're all about. So same thing. If you're on this on Apple, on Google, on Spotify, on any po uh, podcast platform, I just ask that you, yeah, you subscribe and you like, you share all that good stuff. Same thing if you're watching this on YouTube. Super grateful for your investment in time. And I do ask that you to subscribe, hit the notification bell so that way you're notified of all upcoming episodes. We release an episode at least once a week, sometimes twice a week. Lots of really good stuff coming up. And yeah, just I'm super grateful for your time. And as I like to say, the greater the following, the greater the impact, because we all know somebody in the transportation industry when we stop and we think about it for a moment. And I just yeah, really believe that our industry professionals and just all of the value shared like today, it just really is creating an impact. So again, thank you so much. If you have not done so, I also encourage you to sign up for our monthly newsletter. It's just a different format for our industry leaders to impact the industry. Sometimes it's a how-to, sometimes it's a did you know, there's discount codes, all that good stuff in there. And of course, all of the links are below in the show notes. So again, thank you so much for all of your time. Hope you have a really wonderful day and let's create a pivotal impact. Bye. Well, friends, that's all for today's episode. Thank you for taking the time to listen, as I hope today's episode brought amazing value for you. If this is the first time that you've ever listened to the Truck Focus podcast, I just wanted to say thanks. I encourage you to subscribe to our podcast channel to ensure you're notified of all of our upcoming episodes. To all of our dedicated listeners, thank you. 
This journey has been incredible so far. And it honestly is because of all of your support and encouragement that you've shown along the way. And as I like to say, the greater the following, the greater the impact. And because of you, our impact is growing across the transportation sector. As always, if you found value in today's episode, I do encourage you to share with others in your network that you believe would receive value from listening. Your support means so much. So the Truck Focus podcast is brought to you by Pivotal Transportation Industry Solutions, a company focused on connecting transportation industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. To learn more about the Truck Focus podcast, please visit the show notes. You can connect with us on social, visit our website, sign up to our monthly newsletter, and so much more. If you do happen to visit our website, I encourage you to check out the Truck Focus blog, learn more about our industry strategic partners, view our online training, and more. Furthermore, if you have a question or a topic that you would like to be discussed or reviewed in a future episode, feel free to send me an email. I've, I've also included my email in the show notes. So I just wanted to say thank you so much again for taking the time to listen to the Truck Focus podcast, where again, our goal is simple. We want to connect industry leaders to the industry to help create a pivotal change. I hope you have a safe day and let's create a pivotal impact.